0: Is Clayton House Entertainment X for part two with Ananth Das? We continue the conversation on how his taste has evolved, defining success, his views on the future of theater and inclusivity. So I hope you enjoy part two with Ananth Das. Do you goal set? Do you do you plan? Um benchmarks over time or is it kind of a, I mean, some are set in with the job, some are set in with investing or producing, but do you have external independent kind of goals?
1: I'm a big to-do list guy. Um, like making lists of things I want to get done or achieve. Sure. Um, never finish a list ever. I'll always start a new one before I get to finish the old <laughs> I'm one. I'm always, always rewriting, always rewriting. Yeah, um, same. some of those goals are like longer term benchmarks sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, you know, setting that smart goal in the distance, you know, for example, I want to sell this many boxes this month sure. or by the end of the holiday season, reach this many boxes, but then really focus on like the nitty gritty of like how to actually get to that point. Yeah. That's what I feel like I do a lot more of with my like daily to-do lists and things like that.
0: Hmm. How do you find the balance between letting things happen and making things happen? Ooh, that's tough. That's really tough. It's one of the many secrets to life. I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like
1: being a Broadway investor and producer trains you a little bit to let things happen. Sure. Cause there's only so much you can do. Yeah, You know, I've gone to the point, I, I definitely share about shows and press releases and social media. Make sure all my friends know, am I sharing every single thing the Instagram account posts? Probably not. And I think that's also maybe a little bit of a symptom that, you know, not my entire base of followers is not theater related necessarily. They're not theater fans. Maybe I don't want to alienate all my friends who don't like theater. Not at That's it. part of it. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Part of it's also probably cause you know, I have a business where I can be theater all the time. So yeah. I can flood theater down people's throats through the business accounts and things like that. Oh, sure. So like you, I can be a little bit involved with promoting my shows and you know, I think being more involved is what I think in you know, the future of Broadway will be. But um, for just people Think about collaborations and partnerships. But sure. I think, you know, theater is all about letting things happen. You know, mm. I can't control what the actors are doing. I can't control what the lead producers are doing. I can mm. only send my email, give my thoughts, raise money, give input. So I think yeah, I've been forced to learn how to be okay with it. Otherwise, I'd just be angsty all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, There's and there's some comfort in letting it, you know, whatever you believe in. <laughs> the universe, God, whatever it is, just letting it run its course. Right. You know, cause like, I do believe life happens, you know, for you, not to you. Right. And so it will work out. And things happen in, for a reason. Yes. I think you really have to
1: remember that mantra and yeah. believe in it and know, you know, learn from it. Treat every opportunity as an education. Something happens. You don't like, you know, reflect, think, yeah. how did it get to this point? And try not to make the same mistakes again.
0: Who are you when you're at your best?
1: I think when I'm at my best, 100% that guy every hour scheduled.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, it's scheduled in a way where I'm enjoying it. You know, it's not like oh, meeting, Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, but it's, you know, I feel like mm. I have control over my day mm. and then that allows me to feel free. And I think for me, you know, I love, you know, having my meetings during my day going out with some friends after catching dinner, mm. just being that joyful person. Like I like to be happy. I don't like hating things. I don't like hating movies. I don't like hating musicals. I, I like everything like yeah. picking a favorite. almost impossible for me almost, but like sure. I don't like to dislike things. So I think when, you know, when I have control over my day and my schedule, everything's like on time, I feel like I can be a really joyful person and just enjoy whatever's going on.
0: I love that. How's your taste evolved in what you decide to work on? Taste in people, taste in projects. You know, I think,
1: you know, I feel like I'm thinking the movie Ratatouille right now where great movie, you know, the idea of like, you know, one piece of food is separate. Another piece of food is separate, two different flavors. When you eat them together, it's a new flavor, a new experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of my life recently has been kind of leading with that mantra with everything where, you know, things separately can be great, but sometimes when you combine things, maybe it's better than before. Maybe it's not as good as before, Mm. but it's a different experience. That's enjoyable. So I think for Mm. me, it's just a lot about getting more of those experiences that maybe aren't as fun as something else or as cool as something else, but are still really enjoyable and appreciating Mm. them for what they are. Mm. Um, Whatever the unique taste of food, the show I'm seeing, the people I'm hanging out with, like, and I think still treating everything as an education. You know, I come back to that. Um, It's a, it's a mindset to be in. And it's not like I'm mentally taking notes all the time, but you know, talking to people, thinking about it, being like, Oh, in the back of my head later, reflecting on it and being like, Oh, that was a really great point. Or I really like how this person acted in this environment sure. or, you know, they have a great group of friends. I'd love to get to know them better. Things like that, you know, reflecting and not just doing something and moving on.
0: Yeah. Um, diving a little deeper when self doubt comes in, when you have self doubt, if you do, is there self talk? Is there a, a general process that you have to move through it?
1: I think for me it's, time to either bust out that favorite album of music sure. or binge watch a few episodes of TV or something. I yeah. think it's really changing your mindset. Cause for me, mm-hmm. I can get over anything. Sure. Oftentimes I just need a good night's sleep, but sometimes you just need to take your mind off of it. And I think self doubt is one of those things where you need to take your mind off of it, get in a new place and realize, you know, once you have a clear mind that self doubt, worth comes from within and that, Oh, this is something I can do. This is something that I'm capable of, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to figure that out right away. If I have these feelings of self doubt or anxiety. So I definitely need to take my mind off of it. So that's a big tool mm. popping in my favorite album or I guess going on Spotify. Cause who pops in an <laughs> album now, but, sure, um, sure. or yeah. watching my favorite TV show, whatever that might be at the time and just trying to take my mind off it for a bit.
0: Yeah. It's amazing when you change the energy, you know, physically, the mind will change, you know, just going for a walk, exactly like getting out. I do that a lot. Just get up, go for a walk. Just, this isn't something's not clicking. Let me just take a walk and you come back and you're refreshed and you're, and I'm one of
1: those people. Like I wake up yesterday's mood's completely gone. I can get over it very easily. Um, and I feel really grateful for that. And so sometimes all I need is a good
0: night's sleep. Hmm. What, what's your, what's your definition of succeeding or success? Yeah, I think success has
1: a lot to do you're not going to always reach your goals. I think, I think tying success to my goals isn't necessarily effective because mm. I think my goals are always changing. They're constantly, I'm never going to be the person who I think I'm supposed to be. Mm. But I think for me, success is looking back and being like, wow, look at everything I've done in the year. Look at where I am. And if I can look back and say three months ago, oh, I wish I didn't say that. I wish I didn't do that. To me, that's growth. Yeah. That means I, I know better. And I've, I'm succeeding because I'm growing, yeah. and so I always have to be instead of looking forward. Oh, I wish I, I wish I was producing this show, or I wish I did this, and look back instead. Be like, whoa, I'm involved with all these shows, or I reached all these people through my Broadway subscription box, or I did X, Y, Z, and be really proud of that. And also look at, oh, that was really
0: embarrassing six months ago. I would
1: never do that today. Wow, mm-hmm. look at how I've grown. That's success to me.
0: Yeah. Do you find? Have you heard? any common pieces of incorrect advice in the theater industry or in business or in life? You know, I always thought
1: growing up, I'd be a workaholic. Always thought I was like, yeah, I want to be a workaholic. I just want to, you know, what else am I going to do? Work and sleep. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do as an adult. I'm young. I can do that. And yeah. I thought that's what I wanted to be. And I think there's a theater mentality around that too. Mm. You know, the show must go on. It's kind of related to that. True. And I've realized, especially during COVID, I don't want to be a workaholic. Mm. You know, I don't want to work all. I want to have free I like not doing anything. I like hanging out with people. You know, New Year's Day, it was like 65 degrees. I had brunch outdoors with friends. I was like, "Wow, I'm built to be outside with friends and eat food. Yeah. That is what I'm good at. Like that's <laughs> I'm what I built want to, to do. Eat. I'm built to eat. This is <laughs> this is great." And I realized, "Oh, I don't want to work all the time." And it's really hard, I think in our society, to get out of that mindset that you know, we sh- should not feel guilty for doing fun things and taking time for ourselves and relaxing or spending time alone, reading a book or watching TV. And I think for me, just that workaholic mentality, I've been trying to not be as involved with and trying not to establish for myself and taking time for myself, which is really hard, I think. Mm. But, you know, I think that advice that you have to uh, be a workaholic and, you know, the show must go on. I don't think that's true. I think the show can stop. You can take a break. It'll be okay.
0: Yes. Yes. And I'm really glad you touched on that because even with taking a break or taking that time off, you can, you'll still get it done. You know, you can still get exactly what you want to get done with the exact opposite mindset of like hustle, hustle, hustle. I have to be in front of my desk even at night after dinner. It's like not necessarily true.
1: Absolutely, You can still hit your goals. I used to be a big yes person hmm. and I, I definitely don't want to say no to opportunity to keep my mind open. But, you know, saying no or, you know, saying I need more time Mm. is okay. Mm. I think trying to meet all all these arbitrary deadlines we sometimes set for ourselves. Mm. You know, things have always worked out Mm. somehow. You know, even if I get something out three days late or something, it's always worked out. It's been okay. Um, So being kind to myself and saying no to people or saying no to the arbitrary deadlines I set for myself. I think that's really important
0: too. Mm. Post-COVID what do you have any views on what you think the theater industry is going to direction it's going to head in in terms of storytelling in terms of operation or general overview yeah i think long
1: term we're going to go to a lot of more original shows and original stories and i think that's going to be because there's a flood of familiar ip right now and i think that's going to stay for a little while sure but i think we're going to get a lot more original stories and i think As younger producers come in, I think Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a lot more questioning how things are done, sure, and questioning, you know, why, from the place of wanting to understand. But I I think a lot of things in the theater industry have just been done this way because it it's that's how it is. Mm -hmm. You hire these people to be involved in your production. You do this kind of marketing. You do this with your investors, X, Y, Z. And so I think a lot of younger producers, especially who are just entering this industry are going to be like, wait, why do we do it this way? Mm. And more often than not, it's just because it's the way it's always been done. Mm. I think people are going to start realizing theater is more of a business and start treating theater more like a business. I don't think that's a bad thing. People hear business. They think corporate, they think awful, but I think there are a lot of things from the corporate world that theater could benefit from, from, your employees, that is your actors, your crew, et cetera, being the most important part of your production, not Mm -hmm. your audience, your your internal stakeholders, your employees. Mm -hmm. So thinking with those fundamental business mindsets, I think is going to be important. And I think a lot of Broadway shows and commercial theater moving forward is going to have to focus on collaborations with the community Mm -hmm. and partnerships. And, you know, company on Broadway kind of touched upon it with their Maker's Mark collaboration, kind of. But I think there's a lot more collaborations with ticket sales community community outreach trying to create new broadway fans around the country that a lot of shows haven't explored enough that Mm. i think to be successful with shows especially with niche themes or niche markets you're gonna have to collaborate and i think there are gonna be people involved with productions especially young co-producers who are excited for the opportunity to create relationships It's not about just trying to sell, you know, your tri-state area tickets and get the tourists to come through Times Square and come to your ticket anymore. I think you have to build those relationships with fans and community partners early on in productions, and I think that's going to be the future of Broadway.
0: Yeah, and it's been done in so many under other industries. The partnerships, which always seems to be like it's an afterthought. You know, right. it's like who's who has time for that? We have to get out x amount of emails to the existing Absolutely. stakeholders. In the Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think there will be, you're right, more space built for, for that and getting more creative with, um, like you said, marketing, which some shows are doing a really great job. I mean, they're really touching on it in a wonderful, what I'm seeing on social media. It's really like, it's like, Oh, this is different. Oh, this aligns with other brands, other industries. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Broadway
1: has been so bad about Broadway shows are so bad about data. Collecting Mm. data, owning the data, understanding the data, analyzing it. We're not a super data-driven industry yet, Mm. which is really interesting. You know, when you think about who owns the data of like ticket sales and stuff, you know, the Broadway shows don't own all of their data and they don't know enough about their audiences or try to advertise or do different audiences with different approaches at the same time. And I think Mm -hmm. we need to be taking more data-driven approaches. And I think the future of commercial theater is going to be very data-driven and I think a lot more thinking about accessibility in terms of not only cost and things like that, but you know, you know, between Riverside and crazy is doing the simulcast. Yeah. The world of live stream simulcast more and more shows are talking about it. Mm. And I think there's a future where that's actually a great revenue model for commercial theater, not only to reach more people, but to sell more seats and increase awareness for their show. And I think, we're still figuring out what that looks like, but I think mm-hmm. there is a future where that happens. And I think nonprofit theaters around the country are, are going to save themselves through the digital theater. Everyone's kind of ignored it in this post COVID world. Mm-hmm. And so many nonprofit theaters, you hear closures all the time. You hear their uh, subscriber base are older. Or they don't come to the theater anymore. They're worried about COVID or unfortunately they're just dying off.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. you, I think digital theater is a way a lot of these nonprofit theaters are also going to survive. So I think it's going to help commercial theater. It's going to save the nonprofit theater that I think is struggling so
0: much right now. And what I appreciate about it is it changes the length. It can, I think it can change the length of how long a show runs. The fact that there's a limited amount of real estate and that you need particular right. pieces of real estate to run a company, which is a show, right? A Absolutely. Business, a show. If you're doing a simulcast, you have more people seeing in a short amount of time. It can close, make room for the next show, which is great about these limited engagements. Right. You know, you are going to close, so you might as well quadruple.
1: And I know it's complicated with the cost, who's paying for the cost, you know, union agreement. There's so many complications, sure. But I think there's a world, I think the big roadblock is producers, lead producers. I always say lead producer, CEO of a company. I think of a scene in Hidden Figures, one of my favorite movies. And the scene is. Um, Taraji P. Henson, she wants to enter the room where they're having the math conversations, all white men in there. There's apparently no protocol to have a black woman in the room. Yeah. And she asked Kevin Costner, who's the boss here? And Kevin Costner says me. And she's like, act like it or something along those lines. And that's kind of my mindset about lead yeah. producers. I know that's a simplification. Sure. There are things to follow, but like sure, sure. you're running your own business. You know, you can... You can run things the way you want. You have flexibility. And again, big simplifi- oversimplification. Sure. But like that mindset, I think, is something people need to go in with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they want to make, if they really believe in simulcast or whatever for their commercial show, I think there's a way to make it happen.
0: Yeah,
1: It's going to take extra time, potentially extra money, but I think there's a way to make it happen and make it successful. Mm-hmm. Producers, I just have to realize like, oh, this isn't going to hurt my show. This is going to help it. Yeah. And so that's what it's going to take. And I think, you know, some are actually having that conversation right now. And it's slow. Everything in theater is slow. But I think it's, it's on the horizon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm optimistic for it, especially with the amount of younger individuals who have entered the space post-COVID. Absolutely. It's been, a, it's been a real shift of the industry. Absolutely. Um, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind?
1: Now I'm thinking, okay, I'm in Times Square what would I just put on the billboard? Yeah. I'm trying to, I have this, you know, now life mantra that's in my head. I'm trying to put it into one word and maybe the one word is I want to, I want to say care at first, but maybe I'm saying include, include, include. Cause I really think the secret to life, it's funny. I actually realized this listening to mean girls, um, the musical, yeah. There's a song um, where the main character Katie's going to the American school for the first time, and I think she says the most prof- one of the most profound things in musical theater. And people are like profound things in musical theater. Minuals are like looking at me crazy when I say this. Sure, but she says uh, to all the other kids, they just want to be included like me. And I'm like, wow. If I knew that in high school, mm-hmm. I would be a totally different person. If I realized, even as an adult now, really the number one thing everyone wants is they want to be included. And if you lead with that, whether it's friendships, social circles, whatever, everyone just wants to be invited and feel like they're included. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a way to solve so many situations. If you just remember that about everyone, no matter how they're acting, Mm -hmm. everyone loves to be invited to that party. Mm -hmm. Even if they can't go, they want to be invited. Everyone wants to be included. And so I think leading with that um, and Mean Girls is what kind of was my uh, epiphany with that lyric. So I think
0: include. Yeah. I love that. I love this conversation. I'm so glad we've taken this time. Thank you for thank you for diving deep with me. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up today? Oh, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we could talk for hours about yes. all of these things,
1: but I'm excited about the future of theater and I think it's people having conversations and people realizing, you know, whatever idea you have, there are other people who want to listen, there are other people who want to talk about it, there are other people who want to make it happen. You just have to find them. And I think platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're out there. You know, clubhouse was great while it lasted for a little while, yes. but unfortunately that's not there anymore, but there are still people out there. So yeah. I think it's just find those people and put it out in the world. You know, I say I got, became a producer cause I kept telling people I want to be in the business side of theater. And then I kept saying like, Oh, I want to produce one day. And suddenly all these investment in producing opportunities came my way. And it's been like a snowball effect tumbling down the hill. Mm. So I think really like manifesting and putting it out there and things will come to you eventually if you're patient